I am hearing that fuzz, that whine. Does that mean your cable is the same old cable? Look, it's a complicated story. Um, the cable did come. Okay. It's right here. Okay. But it's the wrong one. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, did you get a micro USB instead of a mini USB? Uh, no. Um, the issue. So the reason why I got it is because I've got this new MacBook Pro, and they have they don't have the old USB ports. Yeah, USB C. USB C. So. They're surprisingly hard to find. Um, I but did what's the other the, end? The other one is like the printer cable thing. USB-B? I don't know. Um, it's kind of a... It's like a tiny yeah. little squarey one. Yeah, it's got a little bit of a square on it. Yeah. Like a sort of trapezoid. Yes. Yes, like that. But I have ordered another one. Cool. Cool, cool. So everyone listening at home can get excited. One more episode of a little bit of electrical fuzz. Uh, cheers. Probably many more. Let's let's just hope it's cable, man. Look, I reckon, like, I know you have to edit it and everything, but you know, I think if you just didn't bring it up, no one would know. Uh, yeah, they don't know because I spend fucking two hours getting rid of it every week. <laughs> there you go. Okay, problem problem solved. <laughs> problem solved. <laughs> How you doing, man? You got you got that big old mustache, you know, pride of place now. I think that's probably your number one attribute. When people, you know, if you were to rob a bank, I think the first thing people would say is had a mustache. It is quite distinctive. Um yeah. I was just looking at myself in the Skype mirror before you joined this call. And I was just thinking, fuck, it might, it, maybe it's the lighting, maybe it's the day that I've had, but I look very old. You look a little bit, and please don't take this the wrong way, I mean as a compliment. Already you have. look like a sex pest. You look like someone who's... How could I take that the wrong way? <laughs> you do look a little bit like... If you walked past the children's playground, I'd be watching that pace. And if you slowed down too much, I'd be on my phone. Yeah, well, I do like to look at children playing, not in a sexual way, but it <laughs> it kind of it kind of brings up this this kind of childlike joy in myself. It's I'm like, look at, yeah, look, it's it's look like at quite them zen. just enjoying life and living in the present. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. I probably do stare way too long. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that some people have sort of made gestures or maybe even said something to you. And I think it's about time you start to take that feedback on board. Well, lately I've just been taking the initiative and just telling the parents, hey, look, I might be sticking around here for a little bit longer than you might feel comfortable with, but I'm not staring in a sexual manner. Yeah. And that honestly seems to make things worse. That's weird. That is weird because you've said outright it's not what they're worried about. I'm trying to nip it in the bud. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess keep trying. Is it nip it in the bud or nip it in the butt? It's definitely the first one. Yeah, it, you yeah. got it right straight away, and I don't think we needed to go back and clarify. Okay. Learn How are something you? every day. I'm good. I'm good. It feels like it's been a busy few weeks. We've been deep in the, the weeds writing our next show, and which is quite exciting. So um, keeping keeping this scripting momentum going. Hell yeah. Yeah. We got um we had a deadline that we we're working towards of June July, and now that has become end of April. So 
we we are on an accelerated timeline, but it's good. Nice. Are you um? How have you settled into your house? Into my house. Yeah. Have you have you just moved into that house? <laughs> I'm just saying that because you were in August last year, eight months ago. I've, well, I've never seen this angle, and it <laughs> okay looks a bit sparse. Okay. What do you mean? There's like paintings on the wall. I don't know if they necessarily go with the feel of the room. You can't see the room. Well, it's it's I my office. Okay. Okay. This wasn't this was an area of discussion during those Zoom years when we were in lockdowns and pandemics. Do you have? I'll get out of the way so you can have a, a sort of a clean look. Do you have opinions about this backdrop versus my previous one? I, I'm ducking aside. I mean, I I like it. I do like it. I like I do like the painting, the the one that's it's kind of like a sci-fi painting. Is it? It's really cool. This one's called the Fall of Icarus. It's by um, oh. a Christchurch artist. It's a print. It's not an original, but it was quite a famous one, um, or qu- quite a famous guy. And uh, uh, it Icarus. was in the Christchurch. Yeah, Icar- Icarus. He's you know, his name's got around. <laughs> I think he drowned. It, yeah, unexpected <laughs> ending, but. Yeah. No, I'm I, you know, I'm sorry for slagging off your decor. It's it's fine. It's acceptable. It's fine. I'm I also wearing really, a white really t-shirt talk, against like white walls, so I feel like I'm just giving you a bit of a bland vibe today. And for that yeah. I apologize. Well, it's also I thought I looked at the shirt before. It's also got little spots on it and that's just a bit I don't like the spots. Okay. Uh, is this going to be is this going to be preoccupying this is, this you for the, the ener- rest of the episode? This, this is the energy I'll be bringing today. Okay, so should I change the shirt or put on a top? Is that is that what we're saying here? Otherwise, it's just going to derail this whole fucking thing. No, no, there's I'm, nothing. I'm going to get done. over it. I'm a big boy. I can move on. <laughs> okay, well, we'll keep that in mind, listeners, and we'll check back in later to see whether it's <laughs> held true. Held true. Welcome to Deep Fort, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the next 100. And we're excited to be here, picking up, you know, lots of new fans and, and ready to really make a go of this thing for real this time. Sitting through the internet with me, my friend, Michael. Hey, how you doing? Hey, the voice of the people himself. <laughs> the voice of the people, which I hadn't told you. Yes, you were described as the voice of the people, um, which I worry may have gone straight to your head it went it went straight to my head like a speeding japanese train okay um weird um but <laughs> you were yeah, gonna say I, bullet and then you decided that a bullet to the head was not the metaphor that you wanted it was well i thought bullet i did think bullet but then i thought bullet train take it up a level <laughs> you know a bullet trains faster than bullets so i don't think so i think they're slower than bullets well a shinkansen Okay, still, still yeah. quite a fast. I should have said but that. Not, I should have said that. Not, still not bullet speed. I would have thought. Anyway. Anyway. In the anyway. Weeds. Anyway, I, uh, uh, I'm here to to be an ambassador for for the every man and woman. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, You're as an I always have, an advocate for everyone except except anyone that's got more money or more intelligence than me. I do not represent you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I don't think that they would have thought either way um, that you did. So I, I I think that you can safely sit that side of the, the Venn diagram out and just focus on the people in your bubble, which again, to repeat, is... 
the working Blue class. Blue-collar workers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes. Good. We're honing in. <laughs> and your, fav- your famous, you know, powder the people saying is... Uh, let's just keep it real, my, my, ma- my people. Let's just keep it fresh. That's why you're the voice and I'm not. That's my slogan. Yes. Oh, so tell me why your day has been difficult. Why well, you- honestly, just because I was just having a regular day and then then you rushed me into a podcast slash coerced. I didn't rush you. I asked you two days ago. No, and then, and then I said I was having a little bit of a, a you know, bit of a moment yesterday i wasn't in the space to make thousands of people laugh so i thought <laughs> yeah and it's lucky because that's often what we have to do so um yeah keeping that i just couldn't bring it yesterday i don't know what it was i just was feeling feeling off that's okay we respect that and this but is a then, safe um, space you know you can you can tell us anything but then at 2 p.m. today, Nick sends me a message saying, can you make a podcast work? And I, I try and do whatever I can to make Nick happy. Mm-hmm. And so I dropped everything and I raced home after picking up some snacks and <laughs> going to the gym. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and then raced home after that, that short yeah. <laughs> two-minute walk home. <laughs> Sprinted. Sprinted. Right. I actually, it doesn't sound like you had as hard a day as maybe the tone of your voice is suggesting. Well, now I'm just a bit tired and cranky because, okay. you know, I've I'm flustered. You know, okay. you don't like me flustered. You don't. I wanna... mean, I'm getting Nick, that vibe now. You do not want to get me flustered, bab- baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you do okay. not want to see me flustered. I I um, I'm getting that feeling. Yeah. But I was walking from the gym. Just speaking of. Just speaking about me while we're on the subject of me, yeah. Um, I was, I was. It was. It's dark now. It's daylight saving, as you know. Yeah. It happens very rapidly. That that darkness that comes. Uh-huh. You know, it's that first week. It's fully psychological, right? Like it doesn't make sense that it would feel so different because the difference one day to the next is is like a minutes earlier, right? A minute earlier sunset. But the psychological feeling of it is like instantaneous. All of a sudden, that hour being darker earlier, it completely changes the day. Completely changes the vibe. Oh yeah, because your your routine it's it's how your routine fits in with it. I think you know. And I was walking back, and I just came out of the gym, and I was like, "It's dark. What the fuck? It's never dark." Then I remembered. I'm walking home. As I said, it's like a two minute walk. And some lady is walking super slow, holding me up. But then I'm like, I'm kind of aware that I'm following her. Yeah. And now it's dark. And now it's dark. So I, I cross this, I cross into the road, not, I cross off the footpath and into the- I walked into traffic. Well, I went onto the road for a little bit. It's a quiet street. I held that for a little bit just to get past it. Almost got clipped by a car. So- Hashtag ally. That's why- you know, I feel like I'm an, an ally and a and a voice for women because <laughs> yeah. I protect women. And you you've often said as well that women are people. So not only are you voice of the people, but that includes voice for women. They are they are in a sense people. Yeah. The um the the context now of you having quote unquote rushed home from the gym does add a different timbre to the fact that you're drinking what looks to be like a Chardonnay. 
<laughs> which I yeah <laughs> is sort of perhaps not the the typical post workout drink, but um, no, well, I it's had, very I classy. Well, you, this is what I mean, Nick. You've thrown my whole thing out. Usually I go to the gym and then I'll make myself a very high-protein, to- high very healthy dinner. Then I might have a glass of wine after dinner or with mm-hmm. dinner. Because you've, ru- because you've squeezed. I didn't. Because you've squished. I really didn't rush you. Nick, just, just take responsibility. <laughs> because you've squished and condensed my night, now I have to squeeze in the glass of wine now. And then I have to get a kebab later. <laughs> 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 okay, I look, I can only I can but apologize for this. Do you see what this, I mean? Yeah, this horrible horrible injustice. Um oh dear. Well, look, let's let's keep this let's keep this one tight. You know, last episode, 2 hours on the dot, 200th episode, big deal, big episode. We don't need to hit any of any of that high this week. Let's let's keep it tight. Let's keep it to the point. Let's minimize the jokes and just get straight to the rambling. And I think everyone will be better for it. Have we not already gotten to the rambling? We're we're consistently with it. Um, but I have actually a um, a story here that I thought we could touch on because, you know, as a voice of the people, I feel like it's going to be right up your wheelhouse. Um, let me. Wait, can we just give some context as to why I'm the voice of the people? <laughs> just to just to linger on me. Just a I, I don't know. More. Do you want more context, or do you do? Do you want it just to have have manifested itself? Okay, I'm going to give the context, and you're okay. not going to give any of the context. Sure. So Nick Nick sends me a message the other day saying my personal trainer, Nick's personal trainer, is my trainer. listening to the podcast and described you, Michael, my prince, as a voice for the people. And that's it, Nick, and that's it. And we'll leave it at that. Now let's go on there to was, your story. Okay. There were other don't, things said. You don't want me to put I don't full commentary? Necessary. Just I don't think you it's just necessary. want Okay. Well we'll just leave it there then and assume okay. that it's at face value the compliment that it sounds. He did say that. He, he did, did say did it. Say that. He did he hundred percent said it. Okay. So no taking that back. Moving on. How about we do a little bit of a science news? Ooh, early. It's that time. Time for science news. Yes, science news, but I feel like this is going to be our topic du jour, and it's it's based off a study. So I figure let's let's wrap it under this heading. Um, the Duke Institute, the Duke Institute for Brain Sciences, has published a study and a associated press release, and I just want to read this out, um, and then we can talk about it. So the topic here is managers exploit loyal workers over less committed colleagues. A loyal worker gets more extra work than the fair, honest, or the disloyal. Do you know anything about this, Michael? 
Nothing. But I feel like I am one of these disloyal people. Here we go. Okay. Company loyalty is a double-edged sword, according to a new study. Managers target loyal workers over less committed colleagues when doling out unpaid work and additional job tasks. Companies want loyal workers, and there's a ton of research showing that loyal workers provide all sorts of positive benefits to companies, said Matthew Stanley, PhD, the lead researcher on the new paper. But it seems like managers are apt to target them for exploitative practices. That's the main conclusion from a series of experiments conducted by Stanley and his colleagues, uh, blah, blah, blah. For the study, Stanley recruited nearly 1,400 managers online to read about a fictional 29-year-old employee named John. The managers all learned that John's company was on a tight budget and to keep costs down, had to decide how willing they would be to task John with extra hours and responsibilities without any extra pay. No matter how Stanley and his colleagues framed the scenario, branding John as loyal always resulted in managers being more willing to ask him to shoulder the unpaid labor. Managers were more willing to exploit loyal John over disloyal John. And when a separate group of managers read a letter of recommendation about John, the letters praising him as loyal led to an increased willingness to recruit him for unpaid work over versions of John extolled for honesty or fairness. The reverse was true too. When John was portrayed as having a reputation to accept extra hours and workload, managers rated him as more loyal than a John who had a reputation to decline the same workload. Agreeable John and Refusal John were were rated as similarly honest and fair, demonstrating that loyalty, but not closely related moral traits, is bolstered by a history of doing free labor. It is a vicious cycle, Stanley said. Loyal workers tend to get picked out for exploitation, and then when they do something that's exploitative, they end up getting a boost in their reputation as a loyal worker, making them more likely to get picked out in the future. So there's more to it there, but uh, I found this to be quite an interesting, if perhaps not hugely surprising for anyone who's worked in certain office environments, um, confirmation of, of those kind of practices. So I guess I wanted to talk sort of broadly here, Michael, about what you think about this in particular, and also the kind of, you know, white collar job environment that you've been working in these past few years and anything connected there. No, I love this because it confirms my strategy, which has always been to keep a distance from the company, do as little as possible, and hope to get rewarded for it, which I am and have been. Um, so even from, you know, the Wallace days, you know, I know this is talking about white collar work, but I guess working is still with a manager. Yeah. Work. I remember the first day I got asked to do a chalk top, you know, to, to make the chalk tops with the, with the things. And, um, and I realized within the third chalk top by the third chalk top that I hated that. And so I just <laughs> vowed to do every, every time I got asked, I just said, I'll do this terribly. And I, I very quickly got stopped being asked to do it so So i've carried that into my professional career just to confirm when i as front of house supervisor asked you to make chalk tops you were deliberately doing a bad deliberately make them shit i'd poke i would (laughs) literally poke poke a finger in in them (laughs) i hated it i mean poking the finger in that was that was sort of a helpful thing to do because at the end of the night if it's not sold it had to go somewhere and, and people would often take them home. You know, That's you don't true. want to be food wastage. So the uh, <laughs> the, the the fact that a, a chalk top might have been damaged for any reason did often result in the workers then having a free dessert on the trip home. And that, you know, that, that it was a known fact. 
Now, you're you're a very diligent guy, and I feel like in just from I've worked with you once at, at Wallace, and I just I really get the sense from you and from your incessant just overall of me <laughs> demeanor yeah. on this podcast that um you 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 and the reason why this speaks to you is because you feel like you've you've suffered as a result of this and. Uh, is that why you are bringing this article up? Is that why you're interested in it? Well, I did find it uh, interesting. I wouldn't say necessarily that I feel too much of that in my own history of work. I think it's probably true in the Wallace context, working at the cinema, maybe slightly more than um, in my later jobs, like working in TV, because in TV everyone is working hard all the time. It's very hard to sort of skate through without doing a job and still hold on to it. Um, but it, it, I, I would be lying if I didn't think uh-huh. that there were people at Wallace who a hundred percent did not put in a modicum of effort in just about anything they did. And that did irritate no. me. Maybe not because they weren't asked to give us uh, to do the same extra jobs that I was, but mostly almost like, idealistically I wanted to believe that we were all like putting in an effort and that it that it mattered equally to us but it just wasn't the case we were putting in an effort it's just it just happens that some of us might have been on acid for some shifts <laughs> yeah and I think as people noticed yeah <laughs> well the children didn't <laughs> the children wouldn't have the language they would have noticed <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I've got heaps to say on this. I, 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 it is interesting that uh, I mean, it's it's not interesting in the sense that that people in power, the, the the managers, are more willing to give those loyal employees more work because it's non confrontational. You know, it's like if you're more obedient, then you're less likely to be confrontational. And I think that might be a big part of this. If like you're if you're a non confrontational manager. An obedient, loyal worker is a dream to you. So you're going to be like, all right, can you do this? Can you do this? I mean. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about it from that angle, Um, but it does ring true. Um, I guess if you're tasked with needing to solve a problem and you can either go to the person who does it poorly or is going to clock off on the dot of five o'clock or is going to give you shit about being asked to do it in the first place, then you are probably more likely to go to the person who is not going to, you know, throw it back in your face. Um, yeah. It is just a, um, it is counterintuitive to what I guess you would hope the behavior is, right? Like that that was the whole thing about efficiency in the, in the workplace. And I, I suppose it's something that touches on what we talked about last week with AI and computerization and that sort of thing, which is that, worker productivity over the past three, four, five decades has astronomically increased. Like the amount of work being done and run by an individual now is, you know, there's so much more happening. Um, And yet the expectation continues to be do more, fill the time now with more on top of that, even though what you're achieving in a day is possibly, (laughs) you know, a week's worth if you go back Mm. 40 years. do you have a sense whether this seems sustainable to you? Do you have a sense about the direction of work and management in, in terms of how that kind of workload is going to be apportioned? Well, it's tough 
if you haven't actually experienced it, it's tough to comment on it. What I was thinking about when you were when you were speaking was that the there's been a shift from um, you know working in the office to working from home, and for me, those two kind of those two things kind of happened at the same time. You know, when I when I started, you know, my <laughs> wait, wait, sorry, which two? The the two things that happened at the same time were not working at the office and working from home. Is that what you just sorry. said? I, I had two thoughts and one of them came out and then I assumed that everyone heard the other one. <laughs> sure. Um, what I was saying is that when I, when I effectively started my career properly, I it, we shifted very quickly to working from home and very quickly I got very used to working from home and, you know, preferred it a lot. I know that um, some people... Uh, are exclusively working from home. I've I'm, I've got like a hybrid situation going where I'm in maybe two or three days and then working from home two days. But I feel myself getting resentful to when I'm asked to be in the office. Yeah. Um, and that's not necessarily anything to do with the workload. I think it has more to do with the fact that I can't sit still in an office and it doesn't have enough natural light. And I feel like confined and I just feel like I work better when I'm like comfortable in my own space. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, a hundred percent. The other thing of course, is that workplaces are kind of awful. Like most of them, as you say, are, are designed without light, but they're also like horribly ventilated. You're exposing mm. yourself to like colds and flus, let alone COVID these days. But like even historically you were walking into whatever germs, you know, your colleagues, kids had just brought in and then uh, you're often, at least in the past 20 years, in these like open office environments, which are just so full of distractions, so so um, impossible for focus, for even productive collaboration. When you in this big echo chamber of like just open desks and, and no privacy, no cubicles, no, no concentration space, it's no fucking surprise people prefer being at home because as you say, you can have it the way you like it, whatever temperature you prefer. You know, offices historically were set to the temperature of men's preferences, men who wore suits all day, and women would freeze their literal tits off. And <laughs> if you're working from home, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And there is, I mean, Lauren, for example, she's been working from home almost exclusively since 2020 and is, you know, she kind of cra she really misses that that human interaction and feels like she gets, you know, it's it, her work has maybe not suffered as a result of not having that human interaction, but she feels like it's like a, it's a necessary part. So she'll opt to go into the, into the office whenever she can. Hmm. Uh, I just, I just, I just feel like I, I think some companies uh, still have this old way of thinking where they like, well, we need them to be, in, they just, they just assume that you're not doing the work. Or like we need to, we need you to be here so we can keep an eye on you. I mean, I, I'm employed by a university essentially, and they very much have that mentality where they're like, "Oh no, it's fine. You can you can work from home, but you know we want you to definitely be in you know three days a week." Why? I don't get anything out of working from the office those two days. And the worst thing about it all, which is I had this written down as a peeve, Nick, oh. is that sometimes. You have to have lunch with the people you work with. And I just think that's disgusting. <laughs> why? What do you mean? Why? Why 
do we have to eat together just because we work together? I think it's it's. <laughs> Well, you're not disgusting. forcing you in the room. Wait, wait, okay. There's so many things. I am, Why is it disgusting? But also, because, they're not forcing you okay. in the room. Just go out and buy your lunch somewhere. Sit in a no, park. I, no, it's the obligation. I'm constantly being asked, oh, do you want to have lunch? And I have to say yes. Do you want to have lunch as in do you want to go out and eat lunch? No. Do you, it's like, do you just want to come just, into the room with me and eat lunch? Do you want to go to the tea room to have lunch? Oh. I'm like, I want my lunch to be like I'm doing a poo poo. It's a very private time, okay? <laughs> I eat. I'll I just eat want with to be people. on my phone for 35 minutes. <laughs> I shit like I eat. I'll eat with people that I love, and I'll share <laughs> with people that I love. But I don't want to. I don't want to have a fucking tedious conversation while Karen's got bits of granola in her teeth. You know, it's it's. It, it upset that honestly that is my biggest my biggest gripe with working from the office <laughs> it's just the number having, one reason that you just like going to the office is having to eat lunch with people yeah that's not yeah. what i would have that's not what i would have pegged it will never peg me nick never peg me <laughs> okay um the the isn't the solution there like you're, you're an intermittent faster why don't you just say i don't eat lunch i mean i could i mean I just don't, I just feel bad. I just feel bad. I feel like some people really want it. Some, some like office, officey people, they don't have much of a social life. So when they come to the office, I think it is part of their social life. So they're like, oh, we'll get to have lunch all together. Or we'll get to, mate, do you want to go for drinks after work? Are you kidding? Are you kidding? <laughs> do you think, do you think that I hate myself? Do you think that I don't value okay. my time? Okay. But, <laughs> but this is very much like, contextual right this depends on your office environment if you're you know the new grad fresh out of i don't know accounting school and you're going into an office and most of the people there are like 50 plus and you're the you know the one 27 year old then that's a very different environment where it's like oh come and have lunch with me i would get where you were like i don't know what to say with you if you're in an office environment where everyone's your age and like you worked at a fucking bar. Are you telling me that you didn't enjoy like having a drink with those people? Much I, uh, more oh, your I, demographic. I mean, yeah, because they were, they were my friends. Exactly. But I think eating's different though, don't you? I mean, why I don't I just don't see the connection between working together and then eating together. But what's so special just, about eating? It's gross. I don't I just I find <laughs> people eating is gross. Other and I can get over it if I like you, but if you if I don't, it's like if if I if I just if you're just there, <laughs> I mean I f I'm constantly battling battling with this cacophony of sound and sights and gross and smells in an office environment that I just I just it's too much. And then to bring us in to have lunch opposite, so we're facing each other like it's a fucking date. I'm 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 I'm. Sensing a, a bit of connective tissue here, right? Because there was that that discussion we had a few episodes back about your your gym myth. Yeah, you you were annoyed that other people weren't wearing headphones because headphones. you were worrying that they would be listening to how much noise you were making. Yes. I'm I'm getting this sense of like the sensory overload thing is is a bit of a theme now. Yes, and it's it, that's a good point because it is also I think part part. Part of the reason why I like my privacy when I eat is because I want to like, 
I don't want to feel self-conscious about the sounds that I make. I'm just realizing this oh. is all coming from my dad. Yeah. Oh. It's all coming from, yeah. <laughs> I've just had a breakthrough. <laughs> yeah. So that, again, that'll be $200, please, and I'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we weren't allowed to make noise when we ate, um, when we were growing up, and that's for real. Yeah. Um, and I just realized that that's why. Okay. All well, good. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Therapized myself with Nick. Good, good. Well, I um, I don't know how much more I have to say there. Um, I got us way off. The, the, it, I mean, no, no, we were talking work. I mean, the I suppose the other thing which which we could circle around to, which has perhaps gone off the boil a little bit since it was sort of um peaking at the end of last year, but the whole concept of quiet quitting, right? Like that mm. was that was the the topic of of discussion, particularly in the context of coming back to work and dealing with these kind of managers. The concept being. It's, it's a little bit of a misnomer, to be honest. I don't know that the name really reflects what you're doing, but the idea of turning up, clocking on, doing your, you know, statutory minimum contractual obligations of whatever your job is, and that's it, no more, and setting that boundary, whether it is not working later or whether it is refusing those extra unpaid tasks, such as the, the mentioned in the study, where do you think this trend has come from? What, Millennials. But where did they get it from? What What's prompted that? Look, I'm I'm interested in this concept I, I of the quiet quitting concept. I I think it got way too much airtime, but I think part of that was because it was it was fodder for like boomers because they were like, ah, oh, see, millennials don't want to work that hard. Yeah. And I think there might there might even be something to that. Uh, I think I mean not to say that there there hasn't been quiet quitters in the past or in the, the 60s or 70s, it just, they just didn't have the label for it. I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of people that, that kind of just did what they were asked to and, and not much more. It's an interesting concept. It's interesting to give it a name because essentially what you're doing is you're not trying to excel in your career, I guess. That's what it is. Like if you want to go above and beyond, then you're you know an ambitious person. I guess th- those two things are tied. Do you agree? Yeah, I wouldn't say not necessarily ambitious. I guess maybe the context there is I want, you know, I, I do want more, but I, I want to be paid for it, you know. Like I'm not going to give sure. a corporation more than it's giving me in return. And I suppose by the the, the scientific definition, at least coming out of that, that paper, that behavior is what you'd call disloyal employees, employees that do the mm. minimum but but don't extend the hand to to do the unpaid extra tasks, which is interesting um, that fulfilling what they're obliged to do is, is still seen by managers as disloyal. Yeah. Um, I keep losing my thought, but I am having them. I just want to assure you (laughs) I am having them, but I'm losing them. Okay. What I did want to ask was where you think this came from in terms of a cultural thing because it does feel like it's become prominent and i do think there is a there is a memification quite quitting but also that sort of re-evaluation of what works role is in 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 one's life do you think that's a meme sort of thing where because there's now these kind of uh social media platforms or or this connectivity using the internet to spread these kind of ideas that 
that these kind of things are, are passing around more more easily and one person's resilience or resistance becomes a movement, becomes an idea, becomes a concept? Or do you think that there's actually something manifestly different in the way that we're working today versus our generations previously that's prompted uh, a retaliation? I do think it's a generational, I think there's a generational element. There is an element of social media where, you know, you've got a kind of, is it, uh, what is it? What is it when you have two words that have the same letter? Onomatopoeia? Uh, alliteration. Alliteration. Um, that, so that's kind of got a buzzy thing to it. Um, so it's got it's got a label. It's got like a Trumpian kind of, you know. It's um, got a ring to it. Gimmick to it. Um, I think that's a bit of it. I think, um, there, I mean, there's, look, there's also a push. Yeah, maybe it, it could be. It could be the start of a working revolution. I think at, as we are getting, not to get too into the weeds, but as we are, as technology is taking more jobs and automating more jobs, the the jobs that were traditionally done by humans, I don't know, but I guess they're becoming fewer and, and a lot of our jobs are becoming uh, online-based and computer-based so potentially we are you know feeling like i don't know i'm not i don't need to be doing x y and z for my job or i don't need to be like pushing in that area um mm. that could be a part of it there's also that the, what i was going to say as well is that there's like it's also kind of part and parcel with this four-day work week kind of push that's yeah. also kind of building a little it's hard to say if it's momentum or if it's just another internet kind of fad um but but potentially with those two things together it could signify that there is some sort of uh an upheaval of the of the nine to five monday to friday well it's been interesting uh, that was a it's good that you brought that back because i'd thought to say that earlier and, and lost it but that, that has been an interesting thing about productivity too, which is that when people have introduced these four-day work weeks, they haven't seen a loss of productivity. And, and it looks like that those hours in a work week, for many people at least, are padded. And that having, having a tighter deadline doesn't mean that you can't get that work done. It just means you don't fart around filling those hours as much. And yeah. that most people still report liking that four-day work week because then you get three days of hot you know weekend at the end of it um, the, the four the four-day work three-day weekends just just i know <laughs> i know that it sounds i don't know maybe lazy whatever but it just feels so much more right like it just in my soul it feels right it's a nicer balance for sure five and two what the fuck is that five it and is- two two days that's not enough i also feel like isn't it time that we metric site metricized the work week seven days seven days in a week 52 weeks in a year 365 what are we doing here what are we doing what are you proposing nick look eight feels good to me doesn't eight okay. feel good? Eight's just a Does nice number. Does that fit in? Can you route? Can I mean, look, some number boffins out there will have crunched the numbers and told you that that's quote unquote ridiculous or doesn't match the speed of the Earth's rotation. Blah blah blah. Mm. Eight just feels better, man. Eight just feels 
Imagine having a four-day work week and then a four-day holiday. Wouldn't that be that. nice? Wouldn't Doesn't that feel that. even more pleasing to the soul? That feels very pleasing to my soul. Does it Does it feel pleasing to the maths? I mean, division. okay. Do you want to do some? Let's do some basic maths here. Let's let's, let's try. Get, let's. I'm going to open up calculator.app because Nick, our best shot at this, at upheaving the the traditional working week system, uh-huh. is if we come with, suge- with suggestions. Come with suggestions. Uh, it's one thing to say we need changes. It's another to have an action plan. Love so it. So here we here's here's my action plan. 45 eight-day weeks is 360 days. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good start, I think. So we're getting close. you got five or six days there at the end of the year to do with what you like. Let's be realistic here. No one works over Christmas anyway. The gooch between between Christmas and New Year's Eve is wasted space. No one does anything anyway. There you go. Boom. Built it into the calendar. It's its own special week. It already kind of is. Problem solved. 45, eight four and day four. weeks, four and four. Problem solved. Done. Done. It didn't even take long. What happens? To, do we still have fortnights? We have fortnights, but they're 16 days long. Oh, that's 16, easy. 16 is so much nicer than 14. You can't argue with me that. I will not take any questions at this time. Sounds perfect. Yeah, the only people that would be arguing with you there are pedophiles. <laughs> yes, which you now know how to spot from all your time hanging around playgrounds. <laughs> Takes one to know one. No. <laughs> uh, I'm sure no one will ever cut this out of context. Um, <laughs> the the problem, the point being that we've sold work and we've sold society. Again, 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 <laughs> again. When will we stop? <laughs> Um, that, did you, so did you end up watching any of this Gwyneth Paltrow ski trial? No, I, I saw, I saw the vibe, but I didn't, I didn't tune in. Okay. Well, we don't have to spend long with on this and you can cut it out, but I just thought it was the funniest thing ever. It was first of all, the whitest trial in history. It was <laughs> a, a, an optom a retired optometrist. Uh-huh. Suing Gwyneth Paltrow uh-huh. for the sum of three hundred thousand dollars or something because she crashed into him on a ski accident. She then, by the way, they they televised this trial for God knows why. Wait, it was she, live broadcast. It was live broadcast, like the what? Johnny Depp. It was. It's so weird. She's got all these. She turned it in. She, I don't know if she. T- if it's right to say that she turned it into a, like a media circus, but she was wearing like a different outfit every day. Maybe people just do this because they're celebrities or whatever. But that she was wearing like bold outfits. <laughs> um, she was bringing in like water that she has like investments in. Okay, um, and so, so it a little product like placey. The product placey. Um, she then. It, I just found this really funny because because obviously this guy had no case. He was maybe a little unhinged. And she her basically her argument was that uh he actually crashed into her and then maybe felt her up while <laughs> while what? while he was there. Yeah, she like kind of implied that he was making like some sexual noises while he was between her legs. Anyway, so then she wow. counters this motherfucker. She countersues this guy for a dollar. Oh, which is a ballsy move. That's that's like that's that's some dick swinging. 
That's a massive pussy swinging. She wins. She wins the trial. And then at the end of the trial. Is this in front of a jury or is this just with a judge? Jury. (laughs) Jury. Wow. At the end of the trial, I didn't watch it live. I'm just seeing like clips and stuff. But there were pretty some interesting articles in the New York Times about it. Just like people were getting into it. Um, she wins the trial. <laughs> she wins a dollar. They let her out before everyone else because he, she's a celeb. And she goes over and whispers, uh, I wish you all the best. And then leaves. And it's not whispers picked up to the guy. Whis- whispers to the guy. Well, on How her way out, she's... Because it was lip red. Oh. So I just, I just thought it was just, it was just a really nice breath of fresh air, you know, just, a, just a clean, nice to see a celebrity winning, <laughs> nice to see a white woman back in just charge, just getting, just getting, getting some, you know, some more money, you know, climbing yeah. that ladder. I just love that for Gwyneth, and you know, good You've luck. You've long to been her. a supporter of her and her products. Um, yeah, I love Goop. And in Goop. fact, you're, you're, you've lit her candle tonight as you drink your post-gym Chardonnay. And yep. it, it's, it, look, it, it's working for you. Uh, my whole room smells like vagina. Yeah. Um, and it's uh And this and time nice. from a candle. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Don't know if the missus is going to like that one, Nick. <laughs> But leave it in, see if she picks picks it up. We'll see see if that one makes the cut. I'll go get an angry text. (laughs) Apologies, everyone. Um, Now, speaking of celebrities in in legal trouble, Donald Trump tomorrow, it's a big day, gets dragged into the the station and and, um, mugshots taken, fingerprints taken. He's not going to get mugshot, though. I was it won't be, Don it Lemon won't be public, but it will happen. Will it? No. Yeah, it is. It's it's just not publicly. It it's not on the public record. It's not publicly accessible. Donny Lemon said that it was not. He wasn't going to. He wasn't going to get the usual fanfare because it was counterproductive. Oh well, maybe. Um, but wouldn't you love it? And wouldn't you? I mean, look, this is ties back into our uh, last episode as well. But like these images of AI generated images of of Trump coming out. Yeah. I mean, they're so we are living in a crazy time. Yeah. And it's getting it's getting, you know, when when things are a little bit too close to the bone like that, when people are producing very high realist high quality realistic images of Trump in handcuffs and stuff, it's like. Oh, we're living in bizarro times now, I think. It's like there was also the Pope's puffer this past week or two, right? Which also went around. So good. Again, so, so believable. Like, believable. So, why would anyone make that? Why did anyone make that? I mean, because we all saw the image and we understand exactly why, because it looked badass. That's a great, that's a great image. It looked badass, but it also looked like he could have worn it. It, And it was like. It was well done. It was realistic. Yeah. It wasn't like crazy. I think we're all like worried or maybe we're thinking like, okay, if AI is going to, you know, pre- be producing images, it's going to be so far fetched, but it's going to be the ones that are like, no, why would anyone, why would anyone try to do this? Yeah. All I want to see now is Donald Trump in a puffer jacket. I want to see Donald Trump in a puffer jacket. With Stormy Daniels. Did you know that, um, and this ties into 
uh, a wreck engine from before and possibly from later, that Stormy Daniels was in Party Down. Did you tell me that? Maybe you told me that. It's I didn't tell you that. Somewhere. I only just discovered it, but maybe you knew it or heard it. No, maybe I did. Mm. Is she great? She's she's tried stand up comedy for really? a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this was, was this was not. Comedy. This is not the recent episodes of Party Down. This is in like two thousand and eight. Oh, this was in the okay. episode where they go to the porn awards. Right. Alrighty. Well, how about we jump in to the old deep fort mailbag? Mailbag, mailbag. It's the weekly mailbag. Deep fort mailbag. Okay, uh, lots of nice feedback, I have to say up front, uh, off the back of our 200th episode, um, uh, a lot in particular about our new look, a lot of, lot of appreciation for Sean's art, and uh, so thank you again, Sean, and thank you for those who sent in nice words, including Kana. Kana writes in a subject titled love from melbourne hi i just wanted to say that your podcast is amazing listening to you both makes me laugh every day and i'm learning so much about current affairs and culture oh i also appreciate that you guys mentioned one of the tv shows i grew up watching the japanese kids going food shopping for their mums. i moved from japan to australia a few years ago thank you for filling my days with laughter every day you guys are awesome love from melbourne thank love you very that. much kana and i believe that neither of us know you which makes it <laughs> even more special. So thank you so much um, for yeah. your kind words. We'll find out later that it's just someone playing it a was joke. Someone's made a fake email That's address. That's the level of our insecurity with this podcast. We're like, nah, that's <laughs> someone we know just sending a nice email as a prank. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened. Uh, I think the most worrying thing is uh, kind of saying they're learning so much about current affairs and culture from yeah. us. As I'm an immigrant man of the to Australia, yep. well, you're the voice of the people. I'm a little worried that perhaps we are <laughs> not the best sources of authority on either culture or no. current affairs. No, we are though. We are okay. We are though. Who who better? Name one person better than us. Um, exactly. I, you can't. You can't. You know what? We give. We give. I know. I know. I'm the voice of the people, but I think of you as kind of a voice of the people, Nick, oh, as thank well. You. Thank and you. I think that we we look we. We take we look at at current affairs and and news with an ignorant eye, maybe some people would say, but in, in much the same way that when that in much the same way that Tom York, when he sits at the piano, doesn't necessarily know chords, but mm -hmm. creates beautiful art. Mm -hmm. I think we with with our untrained brains mm -hmm. and our naivete. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Learned that thank word you. yesterday. Okay, you didn't have to draw attention to it. I think. I think that we bring our own beauty to news and current affairs and and hot button political issues. So yeah. I think Kana's absolutely on the money, and I think I, I would go a step further, Kana, and I, I would say if you if you've come from Japan and you are immigrating into the into Australian society, I would say if even if 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 English is not your your first language, just Very listen good. to this. Just listen to this. <laughs> And just yeah. pick up some of the words that we use. Maybe this episode I won't edit out all our stammering and all the times we fuck up and, and retake lines. Maybe I'll just leave that all in as a as as a true sample of the Australian vernacular. Just so just to help Kana out a little bit. Yeah. Um if, if Kana, if you're a recent listener, you might not have 
um, gone far enough back in time to um, have heard this. Um, Michael, you remember this. A few years ago, we commissioned that study by, you know, a group of scientists, and they took a look at our demographics and our listeners and everything, and they concluded that Deep Thought listeners are some of the most attractive listeners out there. So congratulations. By being a listener of this show, you have entered an echelon of hotness, the likes of which the world rarely sees. So congratulations to all of you listening, and congratulations, Kana, you've joined the right club. You've become hot. You've become hot <laughs> but through the transitive property of podcasting. Uh, but thank you for that. That is really sweet. And you know what? If you if you have been listening to the show, and I know a lot of people who we know listen to the show and just say, say fuck all, and they have said fuck all for like- getting a little bit negative. What, eight years, Nick? Yep, getting quite negative. Nine years? Yep. How about you fucking lift your game? <laughs> How about you fuck? We've been putting out fucking premium content for nine fucking years, and you haven't said shit. Khan <laughs> has listened to two episodes, sent a beautiful email. Would it kill you just to send us a nice little, hey, what? you know what? It doesn't even have to be an email. Send us a fucking message on Instagram. Jesus. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. I come in a little bit hot there, did I? A little bit hot. Sorry. If you've enjoyed this episode, um, well, thank you very much. Uh, you can find us on social networks like Facebook and Instagram at Deep Fort. You can find our music on Spotify as uh, the rest of our episodes. You can listen to us on a podcast player. That'll get you chapter titles and inbuilt images, which, you know, if you don't like our waffling, you can jump ahead to the, the good bits or... Or just listen to the bits. Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> exactly. And, of course, if you want to be like Kana, you can send us a, an email to deepford at gmail.com. We'll read it in our mailbag segment. So um, thank you all very much, and I hope you have a lovely day ahead, um, whether that's working out in the fields or restocking what? the pins <laughs> at a bowling alley, um, making a meal for your next-door neighbour, climbing a tree and trying to recapture a cat, walking okay. tight ropes in the park. Nick, I think stop. I okay. think stop. Don't you reckon a bowling, like as far as first, I think we did pretty well having a, you know, a job in a cinema as like mm-hmm. one of our first jobs out of school. But working in a bowling alley just seems awesome, you know? Oh, absolutely not. No, oh, no. Cinema is so much higher up the scale than bowling. In a is cinema, it? you get to do the thing that people are going to your venue to do. You get to go there and just stand in the corner and watch the movies for like an hour and a half and then clean up for like 15 minutes and then just watch movies again. At the bowling alley, all you're doing is picking up like kid vomit and watching other people bowl in an extremely loud, screamy environment for hours on end. And you never get to even fucking roll the balls. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. And you've got you've got kids love. I guess it's the same for movies, but. There's more of a drinking culture with bowling. So you've got kids, you know, spewing up spaghetti and you've got adults spewing up Budweiser. Booze. Yeah. So, yeah, I reckon you're right. Do, what about what about video store, though? I, I've always romanticised the video store because you just talk. Of, it's all about the movies there. Yeah, that's the um, that's the, the quintessential, like, Hollywood screenwriter slash actor first job. Yeah. You know, the number of people who are like, yeah, I used to work at the, you know, the... Hollywood Boulevard blockbuster and I, you know, rented a movie to, I don't know, John Wayne. He came in and he wanted to see Shrek 2 and, you know, I was there. It yeah. is a very um, romantic kind of previous era. 
Did you ever have you ever been fired or anything from a job? Have you ever, have you ever been bad at a job? I've only had two jobs, two actual working for other people jobs. I worked oh, wow. at Wallace and then I worked at Whitebait. And now so I am a freelancer. Dude. So so white and or so privileged. Loyal or loyal. I worked at Wallace so. for seven years. Too long. Seven or yep. eight years. Which <laughs> is probably long, too long yeah. to work at a cinema. But hey, set me up. It worked. Yeah. Speaking of uh, going to the movie store, how about a wreck engine? Hit me. Grab the keys. Welcome to Deep Thoughts Recommendation Engine. Uh... You said you had some things on your list. I got three perlers, actually. Oh, gosh. I'm ready. All right. So first one is a movie. It's cool. It was actually an Oscar-nominated. Uh, well, I'm not sure if the movie was Oscar-nominated, but an actor in it certainly was. It's called After Sun. It's a beautiful film. I think it's British. Might be Scottish. Uh, Should have known. It's been a few weeks since I've seen it, but it is seriously gorgeous movie it's is that the film colin about... farrell no that's banshees it's paul mezcal who's strongly on my radar now uh-huh. um uh he plays the dad um he he's he's got a he's got a daughter um and they are essentially i, I won't give away the plot but the, the the vibe of the movie is that he's 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 kind of a loving father who's kind of fucked up a bit in his life, but he really loves his he lo- loves his kid, and they have a real really special connection. And she's a very um, she's a very wise, witty, intuitive person, even for her age. And she's kind of getting into that teenagehood uh, and and wanting to experiment. But she's very she's she's very much a a warm. She she's more emotionally intelligent than her father, I would say, mm. and that creates some funny moments and it creates some really beautiful, sad moments. And I was a real puddle of, uh, puddle of tears after this and mm. not in a bad way, which is, this is the best. No, Don't you like just love this hitting thing? that like emotional vein and, and like get into it is so like, it wasn't cathartic. sobbing. It was just like, exactly. It was cathartic. It was just like water leaking from my eyes, but it wasn't like, Ooh. and I, there's something about father, daughter, dynamics that I, I know <laughs> I don't know what it says about me but um, I I just respond to it so strongly you know it's, it had a real Sophia Coppola vibe which you know she's she a lot of her films are kind of based around this you know dynamic um, where it's like a daughter really trying to connect with her father and her father kind of being a little bit bumbling and you know not quite emotionally intelligent anyway I know a lot of people are talking about this movie now but I, if you haven't seen it and you were thinking about it, seriously go watch it because it's so beautiful. And Paul Mezcal is great, and the and the daughter I've forgotten her name, but she is phenomenal. Did you see it in the cinema or is it now streaming? Uh, in the cinema, yeah, yeah, right. But it might be it might be streaming. It's like post Oscar. Oh, it's yeah. yeah I was going to say like I noticed. So I saw. I went to quite an indie theater to see everything everywhere all at once, you know, nine months ago, whenever it came out. 
and was a bit annoyed that it wasn't in the biggest theatres, you know, the Hoyts or right. the wherever. And then I saw the day after the Oscars came out Oscars. And, and everything won fucking like nine Oscars uh, yeah. that Hoyt sent out this email like, everything everywhere all at once now showing at hoyts for two days only i'm like bitch you are a fuck fraud you, you were not fuck there you. for it you don't deserve their money hell yeah no that's bullshit i mean good that more people are going to see it but also it was for two more days is the thing like how are you even fucking doing that's a thing it's like where are you have some stones you know yeah geez I don't if know. you think it's a good i mean you can't do it as a as a mainstream cinema like hoyts i guess but also, but that's such a crossover hit like that movie plays to anyone i'm sorry that they could have fucking tried no, i'm with you i'm with you nick um i got one here it's one that i talked about um a few weeks ago and one i alluded to earlier um but I- i'm all up to date I've, I've caught up on party down and oh. I'm I'm ready to declare it one of the great comedies. It is a Whoa. really fucking good show. And now, in Party Down season two, I'm is all a up great to comedy. Date. I've seen so season you're... three, the reboot as well. Okay, so is... that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Sorry. So yeah. you're when you're saying Party Down is a great comedy, you're this is all encompassing, including the problematic shit. Correct. So we we talked about the problematic shit a couple of eps back i'm not going to relitigate that some of the early stuff just being a factor of the the 2008 early thousands era in which it was made has a whole bunch of that like very tropey now tired like homophobic bullshit which doesn't age well um, but and and particularly the, weirdly enough the stormy daniels episode is the worst of it um but anyway uh the second season didn't really go there as much. I think they they tonally shifted, tweaked it a little bit, um, and and it was a very consistent, enjoyable year. And then thirteen years pass, and they come back with this third season. Have you seen the third season yet, Michael? No. Six episodes, just six half hour episodes. It is the best thing they've done. It is it is somehow better because they're thirteen years later. All the cast have come back in, you know, with one exception, Lizzie Kaplan who couldn't do it for scheduling. I think she would have loved to oh, do it. Um, I was wondering about that. I was wondering if she distanced herself from it. She said, no, no. She said exactly the opposite. She was filming Flashman was, is in trouble and just couldn't get away because they were doing the COVID bubble stuff and they just couldn't make it work. But she said you would have this to This is kind of a break. To... Yeah. That, and I guess Cloverfield maybe? Um, yep. But anyway, it was the same era. It was the same time. Um, mm. And... She had. She said you'd have to tie me to train tracks t- if they did a season four to keep me from coming back. Like she was really gutted she didn't get to be there. But other than her, everyone else was back um, at least for um, an episode or two. And it's it's better. It's better now that they're older. It's better because I guess the comedy now is thirteen years more advanced. So they're they're playing in different territory. They're happy to le- be a little bit more dramatic at moments, which they didn't shy away from in, in the original. But I guess the landscape, you know, post-Louis, post the whole comedy uprising into dramedy and everything like that, now they're happy mm. to have those moments a bit more. Um, and just as a premise, a show about failures, a show about people in the industry trying to get ahead in the world is it just funny and now that they're all in their fucking 40s and they're still waiting and like bartending and doing all this like really depressing stuff it just works even better ken marino is a fucking comedic genius 
it all mm. just played and yeah by the end of the 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 sixth episode uh the final of the third season i was like they have to bring it back they have to bring it back so big thumbs up for for the the, the party down revival they were i remember they were with a weird not a weird but like stars a, yeah stars are they still with they're not still with stars, it's still stars yeah wow yeah okay. but um yeah it, it's great there at the end of the sixth episode i gasped out loud like there was there was a moment that really really landed it's really really funny and it's really good so i hope they make more okay i'm gonna put it on my list i've just gotten around to john wilson season two oh um which yeah, was choice. it's just so fucking unbelievable funny. but i feel like you know those that type of show and john wilson that lighter kind of stuff i can i can digest a bit easier yeah. and speaking of um digesting things easily there's a new mh370 documentary on netflix <laughs> <Michael>. <laughs> and it is phenomenal okay oh, um god listeners to the show including kana i hope um We'll know that uh, you know I'm I'm a little bit obsessed with this plane that went down uh, almost ten years ago. I think about it genuinely three times a week, on average, sometimes more, but never less. Um, so maybe that brings the average up. But there's a new documentary on Netflix called MH370: The Plane That Disappeared, and boy, oh baby, they got some theories. And there, were, there, there's some theories, Nick, that I hadn't even thought of. Aliens you know? did it. No, it's not aliens. I was kind of hoping for a little bit of alien action, but no aliens. You know, the, we've we've kind of we've kind of the theories kind of uh, the, the the prevailing theory has been that the pilot kind of suicided into the Indian Ocean just off the coast of uh, Perth, but. Uh, there's some new information, Nick, um, okay. that suggests that it it could be it could be a hijacking. Um, oh, and and no spoilers, but um, uh, the the end of the documentary. I think it's a three three part. Wait, it's part a series. series. Oh my god, it's a docu series, and I don't want to give anything away. But let me tell you that the end of the docu series. Provides no resolution whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, shock horror. <laughs> Completely ambiguous. They just present theories, but it is just for, for guys like me, uh, it is it is mental masturbation. It so is, this I'm is just... this is completely unscientific. Like there's not they're well, not well, like it's... there's not like documentary. It's like ancient aliens. We're talking about imagined theories. It's uh, it's 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 somewhere between ancient aliens and um, I don't know the toys that made us. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> <laughs> a sentence but, that look, has never been said before. <laughs> yeah, I'm the first one. It is it is titillating, and if you like this, it's if you like aviation disasters, and if you like you know conspiracy <laughs> theories, if you then like this aviation is the show disasters. For you. Don't you love aviation, aviation <laughs> disaster shows? This. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love I it. Anyway, Netflix, baby. <laughs> MH370, the plane that disappeared. Titillate yourself. Okay. 
Wow, strong, strong Rex. Strong Rex this episode. Um, I'll throw one more in the mix just because it's only just started and uh, I got good feelings. Um, Succession is back. Succession is back for season four. Fuck yeah, that's a great show. It's it's a it's a tragedy. It's a comedy. It's a drama. What a what a show! I like. It feels like now they've really like pulled the ripcord and the parachute has been cut because this thing is accelerating towards the end and it's and it's gonna there's gonna be some splats at the end. Um, I'm literally gonna watch the first episode tonight. Yeah. So I would I would not talk spoilers. I would, I never would. But um, yeah, I, I guess perhaps one of the slight criticisms you could lay at the the feet of the show for previous seasons that it it could be a little bit circular in terms of logan would do a thing the kids would push back the kids would get in trouble the kids would argue they'd fight each other they'd fight logan something would happen and then go ahead and reset it for the next season it feels like now they are there is no more putting the genie back in the bottle with some of the stuff that they're doing okie dokie yeah which is great which is good Fun fact, did you know I went to school with Sarah Snook? I did not know that, um, particularly because mm-hmm. her name Sarah Snook. Um, but maybe I we're talking about snook- two different people. <laughs> I called her Snookster. I bet you did. Yeah, Snooky, my little Snooky. Mm. I called her and she called me Stay Away a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she called me Fuck Off. <laughs> we had little cute names for each other. Yeah. I do tell people that. Um, I bring it up as soon as that show is mentioned and you're not around. I'm like, you know, my uh, my friend uh, slash colleague slash uh, co- co- co-host actually went to school yeah, you call with me Sarah a colleague. Snook. That's quite nice. I call, you, I call you colleague, yeah. My professional colleague, Nick. Yeah, and I bet you, I bet you when you refer to me. I don't tend to talk about you to other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy I employ for the podcast that I do. <laughs> Yeah, we have sort of a transactional relationship. <laughs> In a way, I mean, yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any yeah. other wrecks? Uh, yeah, I do. I've got one more wreck, but it's super quick and it's super awesome. Okay, go for it. It's a food. Oh, you can't. <laughs> Michael, we've talked about this. You can't use wreck engine for food. The, the yes, concept can, of the concept of the show is a recommendation engine. It's an algorithm. No. It's something that we're talking about consuming media. No one is getting recommended fruits on their phone. Don't give a shit about your rules. Stop trying to put me into a box. I'm recommending this week jerky. <laughs> Sorry, okay? you're recommending. I'm recommending the food jerky. Have you had jerky? Do you eat jerky? No, I haven't had jerky. It's- Okay, I've just started eating it. It's delicious. And the other thing about jerky is that it's it's literally the perfect snack. It's dried. I get the spicy uh, version of it. It's healthy. It fills you up. It gives you energy. It tastes delicious. You can chew on it for literally hours, and it makes you feel amazing. And I don't know. I don't think. I don't think it's a. I think I should be allowed to recommend a, a dried meat from time to time. You can't recommend meat on Wreck Engine. Yes, you can. <laughs> Jerky. What, what, what meat are you getting? What are you eating? Pro- probably beef. I don't check. You don't. It check. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter though. 
That's the thing. The the brand that I get is called Roadkill, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a brand. My rec- I'm not recommending a brand. I'm just recommending a concept, you, which I think is, is quite like, quite nice, which is quite novel. Who is eating jerky these days? When you're standing there in the supermarket perusing your Roadkill, who is the person standing next to you going, "Oh yes, I I think I'll have one of those, please." And to answer my own question, why is it an 85 year old man? Look, I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna confirm or deny that, but I will. I will say there is a lot of white goatees around that section. <laughs> okay, so it fills you up. You say it takes you hours to eat. If you want to, you could just swallow it in, in you know a couple of bites. If you wanted to have really bad digestion, but you could. How chewy are we talking here? Because my first thought is this is. This is to Michael, the child, you know, the eight-year-old at the fun fair getting the toffee apple, one bite, and there's a tooth coming out in that thing. I am incredibly worried about your recent dental work. Going for a jerky chew, Yeah, that just seems like courting disaster. No, there's been some issues. There's been, yeah, I've had some issues with jerky in that, in that department as well. But it just tastes so good. And like I said, it's healthy, gives you... Have I said that? Have I said it? You gives did say you healthy, but I'm not sure what... Based on what? Salt? It's just pure protein. Okay. Pure protein and preservatives. That's all yeah. you need. Okay. Again... You're being a bit of a jerky right now, I think. I would like to make clear that this is not to happen again. Food. food it can't f- just be... Food in the wreck engine. All of, I'm, just all of your a, I'm just drawing a line. All of your recommendations are just shows that no one's going to watch. Who cares? Everyone and also everyone watches Succession. So why are you recommending it, idiot? Sorry, <laughs> came out again. Again, came very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really oscillate between the gears today. <laughs> it's a one or a six. <laughs> <laughs>